0: Uh, Today we continue the message series that we started on the first Sunday of the the new year uh, looking at this idea of genuine love and how certain practices that we engage in as people of faith uh, lead us to a life that fully embraces the greatest commandment to love God and to love others. And so For the whole series, we have stuck with the passage that comes from the 12th chapter of Romans because it really helps us look at all the different aspects of this, of what it means to worship and grow and serve and give. And so the last two Sundays, uh, Marissa has talked about the worship and grow aspects. And last week with the grow piece really keyed in on how God has loved us, and how as we grow in faith, uh, we come to know more and more what it means for us to be a people who learn how to love more fully uh, in our lives. So today we look at serve, and in doing this, the first thing I want to say is this. I want to acknowledge the many ways in which so many of you already serve and how grateful I am for that. Uh, You do that in roles and responsibilities that you take on within the life of the church here. You do that in ways that send you out beyond the doors and the walls of the church in our community and in the world, and sometimes you do that as a part of a ministry of Trinity that takes you out to those spaces. Uh, And then sometimes you do it in ways that are just you seeing opportunities in the world uh, to, to serve and to care for others as an expression of your faith. And I'm so grateful for the collective witness that we have uh, through those many different ways of serving. So, one of the things I wanna make clear at the outset today, especially for those of you who are already serving in lots of ways, is that this message is not a call for you to add one more thing to the things that you are already doing. Uh, rather, I hope that what today will do is to give us a framework for, th- for or an orientation, if you will, for our whole lives um, and to see our lives specifically through a lens of service. So rather than seeing service as an attachment to our lives or an add-on, that it is foundational to who we are. And so everything about who we are we might see through that lens. I think our scripture helps us do this. And so I want to read it for us again this morning and then offer some ways in which it might point us to this kind of orientation. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters. We need to go back to verse 1 if we have it. If not, I'll just read it without it on the screens. Yeah, maybe we just go back to the home slide beginning with verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, on the basis of God's mercy, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ According to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the encourager in encouraging, the giver in sincerity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Pursue hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. This is the word of God for the people of God, and God's people say, thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Come Holy Spirit, and breathe life into the words that I speak, that they might carry a word from you into our hearts and lives this morning. Amen. A life of service. To see one's whole life through the lens of serving. The Apostle Paul gives us quite a bit to think about in this reading this morning along those lines. And I want to just share a few things that stand out to me as I read this passage through that particular lens. From the very outset of this passage, Paul makes something very clear that we are intended to surrender our very lives for God's purposes. It starts with surrender. Paul uses this language, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, sometimes that word sacrifice we can hear with a negative connotation, uh, as if it's something that we have to do or a sacrifice is going to be something that we have to give up that we'd rather not, I want to encourage you to hear that a little bit differently. And rather than thinking of a, a living sacrifice being something that we have to do, uh, that it is something that we get to do in response to God's invitation. Um, and, and that when we come and offer our full selves, there is tremendous joy that can be found in doing that and freedom Now, we take our cue for this from Jesus himself, who in the Gospels, when he's talking with the disciples on a couple of different occasions, tells them that he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life to liberate many people. And I want you to pay attention with me for just a moment to that last part of what we hear Jesus saying that in serving, he came to liberate many people, and, and Jesus is the one who we claim as Redeemer, uh, as the one who restores um, and reconciles us with God and one another, and when we follow in Jesus' footsteps as people who serve, we also get to participate in the liberation of people and in the liberation of humanity from the brokenness that is the reality in which we live. And so we are, from the outset this morning, asked to offer our whole selves. Now, <clears throat> we have put this kind of language uh, to two different tunes in our hymn book, and one that stands out for me in particular is one that I'm sure is familiar to many of you and one that you have sung on a number of occasions, and it's one that echoes what we hear the prophet Isaiah say when he responds to God's calling on his life, here I am, Lord. We know this, right? Here I am, Lord. And what Paul tells us in the scriptures today is that when we offer our full selves in that way, it is both holy and pleasing to God. God takes great pleasure in our willingness to offer ourselves fully. Secondly, to lean into a life that is oriented through a lens of service is all about figuring out God's will for our lives. And in order to do that, Paul tells us we've got to step away from what the world has to say about who we ought to be and what we ought to do and what we can do for ourselves and all the ways in which the world would want to shape the direction of our lives, we have to be able to step away from that long enough to hear what it is that God might have to say about how to orient our lives. The language that Paul uses is that we should not be conformed to this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of our minds for the purposes of God. Part of the way we do that, part of the way we experience that transformation through the renewing of our minds is through practicing spiritual disciplines, taking time to pray, to sit in silence and listen for the still small voice bubble up from within us, to spend time in scripture, reading the text for what it has to say to us at a particular moment in our lives when it can offer inspiration and challenge and direction, and as well as practicing spiritual disciplines on our own, one of the things that's so important for us to do is to be in community together where we can listen to each other. Because, you know, sometimes the way God speaks to us and gives us that sense of calling and direction is through the voice of another person who has been able to witness in us something that maybe we didn't even see ourselves. And in hearing them articulate it, we come to understand and we come to accept and respond to something that God is inviting us into. Thirdly, we hear clearly from Paul today That our life of service must grow from a place of humility. Paul says to us, now I want to remind you, because we can all kind of tend to get on our high horse every now and then, right? Maybe I'm the only one that's guilty of that, I don't know. But Paul says, I want to remind you not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think so as to have sober judgment according to the measure of faith that each of you has been given. Notice Paul calls attention to the fact that we all have been given a measure of faith, and none of us should think more highly about our own role, our own position, than any other. The life of service grows from a place of humility. And again, Jesus is our model here. How many times in the Gospels do we see Jesus taking the approach of service, offering himself humbly to those who are in need, interacting and caring for those who others would say, you shouldn't be spending time with them. That's not who you need to focus your attention on. And yet Jesus says yes to the oppressed, to the marginalized, to the outcast. And then... At the end of his life, on the night before he surrenders his life to death on a cross, he gathers with his disciples for a final meal. But remember that in the Gospel of John, before they go to the table to share the Last Supper, what we hear John tell us about is how Jesus took a towel on that night and wrapped it around his waist and he took a basin of water And the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who is fully human and fully divine, stoops down and bends down on a knee to wash the disciples' feet. And then he tells them, this is not only my way, this is your way. This is the way you will continue to live out my witness in the world after I am gone from a place of humility. Lastly, learning to see our lives through the lens of service is about finding our fit within the body. I love the way that Paul here in Romans and again in First Corinthians, uses the analogy of the physical body to talk about our connection with one another as the church or as the body of Christ. And he reminds us how every part of our physical body matters. And when all the parts are working together, it is as it should be. And the same is true for the body of Christ. There is no one part that is more valuable or less valuable than any other. There is no one part that is more needed or less needed than any other. We all need each other, and we need one another's gifts. And that means that we all have to be paying attention to how God is calling us to use our gifts in service to meet the needs of the church and to participate in the healing of the world. Every one of us has a role to play within the body, and within the body, every part is needed and is useful. As I was thinking about, in those early hours this morning, <laughs> this theme of serve uh, for today, I, my mind went back to the time that we had with our friends in Rwanda. And particularly, I thought about the Zoe staff team. And how committed this group of people is to the work that they do with the children and youth across that country. Uh, these are folks who are Rwandans themselves. That's one of the thing about one of the things about the Zoe Empowers model is that the ones who do the work with the children and youth are natives to the country where they are working. They know the culture, they know the environment, they understand uh, what they see, and they speak the language. And so these Rwandans um, who have gone through educational preparation, many of them either uh, with degrees in social work or psychology or some combination of the two, have committed themselves to a life of service through Zoe Empowers. And many of them have been with Zoe for many years. And they remain committed to do the work day after day. And as we listen to them talk about their work, one of the things that is clear is it is, it is out of their faith and their sense of how God has equipped and called them that they do this work. And, and what we heard time and time again, not from them, because they would never say this about themselves, but what we heard from others on their behalf is these are people who could choose to go and do something else, who actually have had offers to go and do something else, where life could be much easier for them, where they could make more money, but they have responded to a call, and they stay with that call. Now, they have a wonderful role model for this. Uh, Her name is Epiphany Mujiwamana, and Epiphany is the program director for Zoe Rwanda. And not only that, Epiphany is the one whose idea prompted a shift some years ago in the way in which Zoe approached its ministry there, and they moved from a model of relief to a model of empowerment. Epiphany's own story was a big part of this. At the age of nine, her father died. Her mother was disabled. And so as a young child, she found herself as the one in the family who could go out and do odd jobs to earn a little bit of income to try to make sure that her family had food to eat that night. Epiphany continued this and, would, and was quite industrious and diligent and persevering. Um, and she was able to find a way to both go to school and continue to do these odd jobs through the blessing of a church in her community They helped send her to school where she got an education and became a teacher. And she served in that way in her country for several years until the year 1994 when genocide hit Rwanda. And in a hundred days, over a million people in that country were killed in a civil strife. Epiphany was part of the tribe Uh, that was on the side of that conflict that was being persecuted. Many of her, uh, many, many people she knew being killed over the course of that conflict. Epiphany was sheltered during that time and protected by teachers who were friends of hers who were actually on the other side of the conflict, but made sure that she was safe. And coming out of that conflict... Epiphany committed herself to a life of serving God by caring for orphans. There were 800,000 orphans created as the result of that time of genocide in Rwanda. So to commit herself to caring for those orphans and then others who would come after them as her life's work. And look at all that has happened as a result of her decision to do that. And it started with Epiphany saying, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Now, none of us may ever be able to tell a story as extraordinary as Epiphany's. None of us may ever touch hundreds of thousands of lives like Epiphany has and those who have come alongside her to do this work, but every one of us can say, here I am, Lord. In fact, every one of us can start each day that way, to say, here I am, Lord, whatever it is you have for me today, send me here I am. Here I am, Lord. Sing it with me if you know it. Is it I, Lord? I have heard